This is episode 385 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Grow a Survival Garden and What to Do If It Dies. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Legacy Foods. Hey, having a food pantry, a deep food pantry, is very, very important. And so you should start off very inexpensively uh, with canned foods from the grocery store and stock up your pantry as much as possible that way. Uh, from there, you should move on to DIY food buckets with uh, you know buckets that you buy with Mylar bags and oxygen absorbers and rice and beans and pasta and all that kind of stuff. But if you can afford it, it's a good idea to have long-term food storage from a company like Legacy Foods. And so uh, I'll just leave it at that. I am an affiliate for them, but I do believe in the product. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this episode. I have a lot to talk about before I actually get to the article. Uh, the first thing is, you know, I let or I, I talked about the survey that I was uh, releasing yesterday, and wow, what a great uh, response that I've had from everyone. And I, I put it out there, uh, you know, on the website. I put it on or on Prepper website. I put it. I send it out through email. I put it on the show notes. And uh, I'll continue to put it on the show notes this week uh, if you are interested in doing it. And when you do it as a gift, I, I am giving you a uh, an ebook that you can download. And when you when you download, I mean, I've had a great response. Three people couldn't get the download, and uh, I think part of it is when you submit it. If you close that next window, you're going to miss out on on the download link. And so when you click submit, it opens up. Uh, another window, and that gives you the link to download uh, the ebook, right? And so I think some people were were kind of closing it a little early, but uh, you know it's there, and uh, just what a great response, and I really greatly appreciate it. And so if you are uh, still interested in doing and participating in that survey and kind of helping me out, letting me know where you are in your preparedness and and where we need to go uh, as far as the different contents. Uh, you know, for Prepper website and also for the podcast, um, that would greatly help me out to uh, to focus where we need to head in the future. Hey, I also want to say that I uh, got a great uh, response from uh, on Facebook Messenger from John in Ireland, and uh, you know, I didn't even know that Facebook Messenger could actually that you could leave, uh, I guess, a voice a voice message. And so, you know, it said, "Hey," or Facebook told me you got a voice message from John. And I listened to it, and uh, you know, it's from Ireland. And a lot of the times when people send you messages, you don't know where they're from, but um, you know, you could hear it in the voice. And of course, he identified himself, and that was just really great. So, quick shout out to John from Ireland. Uh, really appreciate those words that you said. Very kind of you, and uh, thanks so much. Now, on to some uh, things that are just happening. As I was reading, uh, one of the things, you know, things have started to get to more of a schedule for me at work. I mean, um, at least today and probably tomorrow, things are going to change up for me. Uh, it's still not, um, I'm still not into the groove of the way things normally are for me. But uh, I'm able to eat, I was able to eat my lunch 
uh, at my desk like I normally do. And, and at that time, I'm, I'm usually scanning news. I'm reading you know, on Twitter. I'm looking up uh, my articles and different things like that. And I uh, came across one from uh, End of the American Dream. So this is one of Michael Snyder's um, websites. And he was talking about uh, Activist Mommy, how Facebook banned Activist Mommy, Elizabeth Johnston. Uh, and so, you know, talked a little bit more about uh, the way that they are just banning conservatives on on uh, social media and how on Facebook. And so a lot of people, you know, the Alex Jones thing has kind of died down. I don't really see a lot of people talking about it anymore, but uh, it's going to continue. And uh, there is a coordinated effort, I believe. Uh, It's just a matter of time. And so in this article, he's talking about, um, you know, uh, activist mommy. He was talking about Prager University, actually, actually John Haller, in his Bible uh, Bible uh, prophecy update, uh, talked a little bit about Prager University. That you know they have a lot of followers on Facebook, and they put up you know a certain amount of videos, and they got no views, like zero views for all these all these videos. And uh, that's just just no way. That's not possible unless it was being throttled down by Facebook on purpose. And uh, definitely that is, that's what's being done. You know, uh, YouTube has done uh, different things to uh, Prager University as well. And so, uh, you know, they're not the only ones. There's other people as well, other people that are here in this article. Of course, I'm going to link to this one in the, uh, in the show notes so you can go check it out if you're interested in it. But, uh, you know, I think this is just going to continue. Somebody has said that or people believe that it's partly leaning, leading up to the election. So the conservative voice can't get out there. And, uh, you know, so that that's possible. I don't know. But then you go from there. You go to uh, I was reading. So I'm, re- I'm reading that. And then I jumped to The Sun, which is a, a UK website. And uh, it says here, and these were on, or this one was on Drudge Report, right? It says, social score, Facebook has trust ratings for users, but it won't tell you your score. Now, that's kind of freaky, right? Uh, Facebook is rating users based on how trustworthy it thinks they are. Users receive a score on a scale from zero to one that determines if they have a good or bad reputation, but it's completely hidden. The rating system was revealed in a report by the Washington Post and later confirmed by Facebook to The Sun, which says it's in place to, quote unquote, help identify malicious actors. Facebook tracks your your behavior across the sites and uses that info to assign you a rating. So basically, they were saying that uh, if you uh, say that something is fake news and uh, it really turns out to be fake news, well, then, of course, they're going to uh, trust your um, anytime you say that something is fake news or real news or whatever, they're going to trust your word more than somebody else. Right. Uh, if you say something is fake news, but it really is real news, well, then your score is going to go down. But uh, I, I don't buy it, man. Again, I, I don't buy it. And then, uh, it, you know, you start thinking about what they're doing in China where people, they've got the facial recognition, recognition. People are getting credit scores. And uh, man, that's just, you know, you start to think about what in the world, where are we headed, right? Uh, this morning, 
I, in my devotional, and I, I do a little devotional, kind of write a devotional and throw it up on, on Facebook. And I also have a website where I just, I just do it. Um, that was just my way of, uh, instead of journaling, it's kind of my way of, of, of doing my devotional. But I was reading in Isaiah where, um, you know, Israel is coming back to, coming back to the land. And, you know, when you look at prophecy, end time pro, or you, when you look at any type of prophecy in the Bible, it, it has like a, a cycle. It has like a, a foreshadowing. It's for today, uh, for the the day that it was said, but it's also for a future purpose. And so, definitely, when you're looking at, as at Isaiah, you know when uh, Israel is going to be brought back to the land. It's after the Babylonian captivity when uh, you know Cyrus the Great says, "Hey, the Israelites can go back to their land," but it's also for you know the last days as well. So when you have uh, Israel being formed back as a nation after World War II, it has that future implication as well. One of the things that you have to remember is that no nation on earth has ever been conquered and then assimilated and then uh, and then brought back as a nation again with their own language and and all of that back uh, you know in the same land ever again. And uh, Israel is the only one that that has ever happened to. So most nations, when they get conquered, they get assimilated into the population, and uh, basically that uh, that nation, that people group, you know, kind of uh, dies out as they get sucked into and assimilated to the other uh, people around them. But that didn't happen with Israel, and uh, you know, you got to believe that that's God's hand on all of that. So I know some of you uh, listening are probably not, you know, people of faith. A lot of you are, but you start to think about all these things that are going on in the world, and you're like, "What the heck, man? What the heck is going on?" Because uh, things are things are absolutely crazy. And so, uh, continuing on, I mean, later this evening, before I jumped on or before I got ready to uh, to do the podcast, you know, Drudge Report was uh, reporting that. Uh, Manafort was is is held guilty, and then Cohen, uh, that is Donald Trump's long term attorney, says he's guilty. And you know the whole reason why they got into you know looking into Trump was because of the the Russian collusion and all that kind of stuff. And uh, did Russia you know uh, do anything with the election? And they've never been able to find anything like that. But what they're doing is they're going after all these other people trying to get them to, I mean, trying to get anything on Trump, right? And to just so that they can cause trouble and so they can, uh, you know, cause an uproar and and get people not to believe in him and, and what he's doing and uh, get him to, uh, or, or actually to, to kind of like uh, just neutralize the that side of it so the Republicans don't gain any more seats or or don't do as well in the election whether it's this one or uh, you know the presidential election that's coming up you know later on you know two years two three years two years uh, and uh, all that kind of stuff so uh, I mean it's it's just crazy and so you can imagine if uh, you know, some of the things that I was reading, people were like, there's no way that any of this stuff is going to stick to Trump. It's just, you know, uh, they're just trying to, uh, you know, stir things up in the media. But then what if something did happen? Can you imagine what what uh, how that would go down? I mean, things are at a fever pitch. And if uh, just things got, you know, things started running away 
with with uh, with all of this. And then on top of that, you throw in the economy and you throw in all the crazy things, earthquakes. I mean, Venezuela uh, today uh, had a had a really big seven point something wet, uh, earthquake. Um, a couple of days ago, Indonesia had uh, an eight point one. I believe it, it was Indonesia, um, if, if I'm not mistaken. There's been really big earthquakes all over the place, and so I mean, you've got all of these things <laughs> again. It's almost like, are, are you kidding me? You, you've got to start thinking. You know, you start thinking the the movie twenty one uh, or twenty twelve, right? Where all the things are going wrong all at the same time, and uh, you, you start to just like, what the heck, man? There is a reason why we prep. There is a reason why uh, we do all of this, right? And uh, because the world is crazy out there and we want to make sure that we don't get caught up in all of the craziness and we want to make sure that we are there for our families. Uh, we are prepping for our families. We are, uh, you know, we are building up our food storage and our water and, uh, you know, the, are the gear and the knowledge and uh, making sure we're out of debt and all of those things because, we know that the world is crazy. We want to make sure that we can mitigate as much of it as possible and uh, take care of our family, families and our loved ones. And, th- and that's what it's all about. So uh, that's why we prep and that's why we do what we do. And so just keep an eye, like always, keep an eye out there. Hey, I wanted to say one more thing on the, uh, the biblical aspect of it. As I, I was kind of uh, reflecting this morning, you know, when when the prophets would say something about Israel or a nation or whatever, it always played out politically and militarily, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, um, uh, some other nation would come against Israel or there would be political intrigue with, you know, this person and this person and aligning and alliances and all those types of things. And, uh, but, but it was God's hand all involved in all of that. God was, was letting people know what was going to happen. So those people that were aware, those people that were listening to the prophets that had their eyes open of, of what was going on, they were better prepared for what was coming. And so again, that's why I am always saying just you want to keep your eyes open, stay prepped and aware out there. Okay, enough with that. Let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from theorganicprepper.com. And the article is entitled How to Grow a Survival Garden and What to Do if It Dies. This is one of those things that we really need to consider, right? Because people store up seed. Um, sometimes you're buying the big survival containers of seed. And I've already said that before. I, I don't recommend those. I mean, you can go and, and uh, buy what you really, really want and what you can really use at Home Depot when it's gardening season. And uh, just you know, go and put them in a paper sack and just put them in your pantry somewhere and uh, you'll be good to go. But the fact is, is that um, sometimes we put things into the ground and if in and they don't they don't produce like we expect them to. And if you are expecting to live off of that produce and you are expecting to feed your family and that's all you have, well, that's going to be a problem. Right. And so uh, what do you do in those scenarios and in that situation? And so Daisy has some really great advice. So let's go ahead and read this one. I love growing my own vegetable garden. I spend many fulfilling hours outside every summer, tending to my plants, nurturing my soil, and babying things along with the birds for music and a basket full of delicious organic food to show for it each day. Except for that one year. That one year, my garden was a flop. 
It's pretty embarrassing to admit on my own website that my garden did not do diddly squat that year. I am normally pretty good at growing food, or just extraordinarily lucky, but a few years back, circumstances beyond my control threw up one obstacle after another. First of all, we moved on July 1st. I had started my garden in containers earlier in the summer and then transplanted them into my lovely new fenced garden full of raised beds. Only the fences weren't high enough and unbeknownst to me, I had set up a deer buffet with a low hurdle. Garden number one, gone, decimated, wiped out, and I didn't even get venison in retribution. So I went and got some new plants and put them in. Better late than never, I deer-proofed and nurtured my soil and paid top dollar for plants that were a bit more advanced since by now it was the first week of July. And then a heat wave hit the day after I transplanted them. 107 degrees. Most of the plants withered immediately and no amount of TLC would bring them back. I was determined that I would have at least some vegetables and bought even more plants. I added some shade cloth to protect them from the sun. I fed them some white sugar to help them recover from the transplant shock. They grew but did not provide me with a whole lot of produce for numerous reasons including heat, a late timeline, and slightly low phosphorus in my soil. Aggravating when a wannabe farmer finds herself shopping at the farmer's market to get some veggies. Not cool. But, like everything in life, there's a lesson here. It got me thinking about all of the folks whose master plan for survival is a big stockpile of seeds. While this is a very important part of long-term self-reliance plans, there are some years, no matter how many silver bells and cockle shells you'll put out, your contrary garden just won't grow. It's going to happen. One year, your gardening season is not going to live up to your expectations. Have you thought about what you'll eat when your garden flops? I've written a lot about adaptability as a survival mechanism, and this holds true with your vegetable garden as well. When a major part of your survival plan is growing your own food, being able to identify and overcome issues with your plan is vital. The number one key to troubleshooting your iffy garden is experience. Many people make a survival plan without any practical skills to back it up. Have you gardened before? Have you gardened in the area in which you intend to survive? If you haven't, you aren't going to be able to predict the pitfalls, like deer fencing that isn't high enough, too much direct afternoon sun, not enough direct afternoon sun, etc. This is the major reason for my gardening failure this year. All of this stuff is learned by often painful experience. Keep a gardening journal to help avoid repeating those mistakes and to keep track of trends like late frost, etc. So get out there and get dirty, no excuses. If you don't do it now, you can't expect to survive doing it. So a huge part of successful gardening happens before you ever plant a seed. You need to know all about your soil so that you can amend it and provide the right foundation for growing. It's best if you amend before planting, but you can still have some success after the fact. Every bit as important as your seed is a soil testing kit. Get a kit that tests for soil, pH, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash content. I like this kit because it has 10 tests for each substance. So there's a link there. The price is very reasonable. It's geared towards classroom instruction, so get a few for your stockpile. This way, if the S hits the fan, you can still have access to the science that you need to troubleshoot successfully. 
Once you've done your testing, you will need the supplies to amend your soil to optimum nutrient levels. Find some books on DIY soil amendments and stock up on supplies that you might need to adjust where your soil is lacking. If your goal is gardening for survival, it's very important to learn to amend your soil without a trip to the garden store. For example, blossom end rot is caused by a lack of calcium in the soil. This can be improved by adding milk to the roots of your plants, then deeply watering them or making a tea from crushed eggshells. Learn about the safe management of manure, composting, and the use of cover crops. Again, guys, there's links all throughout this article that you can click on. Right now, we have the luxury of the internet. With the help of Google and YouTube, we can find the answer to nearly any gardening question we might have. But in a long-term survival situation, it won't be that easy. It's almost a guarantee that if you are in a scenario during which your vegetable garden is all that stands between you and malnutrition, you aren't going to have access to the internet. My bookcase is loaded with reference books on topics like gardening, herbalism, and other old-fashioned skills. Join me by going old school. Get yourself some well-reviewed gardening books. These are some of my very favorites. The Vegetable Gardener's Bible, the Encyclopedia of Country Living, Troll and Error, Troll and Error, uh, not Trial, Troll and Error, over 700 tips, remedies, and shortcuts for the gardener, the Organic Gardener's Handbook of Natural Pest and Disease Control, and Rodell's Ultimate Encyclopedia of Organic Gardening. Also, check out the highlighted links in the Soil Amendment section above for more excellent books. Some of them are available for free on Amazon Kindle Unlimited program, but I strongly recommend hard copies of books that you find useful. And be ready for worst case scenarios. In a perfect world, everything would be organic and wholesome. But in an imperfect world, when your garden is the difference between life and death, it's possible you might occasionally have to use methods that you would normally use. I'm talking, of course, about chemical methods, fertilizers, herbicides, and pesticides. It isn't ideal, but when you absolutely must have a successful season, you should have a few things like this put aside for worst case scenarios. So while my plan is to eventually be able to grow much of what we need for survival, I'm also prepared for a bad year. While the items above will help you through many gardening issues, there are some things that are completely beyond human control. Things like bad weather, either too hot, too cold, too rainy, or too dry. Pest. Who remembers that book in the Little House series where Paz fields were descended upon by a horde of hungry locusts? Natural disasters, wildfires, terrible storms, tornadoes, all of those can wipe out a garden. There's absolutely nothing you can do about certain events, and that's why you must have a plan B. A stockpile of long-term food is essential for surviving when the deck is stacked against you. There are numerous different ways to go about building your food supply, which I go over in my book, The Pantry Primer, but the basics are shopping the sales, using coupons, storing your food properly, using safe home preservation methods, buying in bulk quantities, storing freeze-dried food in number 10 cans, purchasing buckets of food and emergency supplies. For, for more information, check out this article, 12 Strategies for Creating the Perfect Pantry. Guys, there's a lot of links there. Uh, almost every one of those that I was reading had a link to it. This year, I'm very thankful that I have lots of homesteader friends and excellent farmer's markets as I nav- navigate my new gardening environment. You can find a local farmer's market here. I still have some stuff left over from last year's harvest and, of course, my stockpile, but this year's harvest is looking like it's going to be disappointing. 
As with any preparedness scenario, thinking through it ahead of time can help us maneuver through the situation more easily if it happens in the midst of a crisis. Have you ever had a similar bad gardening year? What are some of the causes I may not have covered? Pest, weather, and active nature? Were you able to overcome it? And if so, did you do it? Please share your answers in the comments below. You just might be resolving someone else's garden issue. All right, so I have a couple of things to say here. First of all, in the comments, uh, the comments are really great. I mean, there's you know information here. One uh, lady was reading or saying that uh, uh, you know she uh, you know was was started in the garden and they put in uh, trees and an orchard and uh, grapes and all those types of things, and then she came down with uh, with cancer. You know, very sad, but she hasn't been able to uh, you know to garden. However. The trees that she put in are producing fruit, right? So the 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 trees and also the the grapevines and uh, the berry, uh, you know, bushes and all those types of things are providing fruits. Uh, so that's one thing to consider if you have the um, if you have the space to put in, you know, an orchard or you have a space to put in trees. Man, really go go for it. You know, get them established now when you uh, when you have plenty of time when you don't need them. Uh, you don't need that fruit, and then they can just you know provide provide fruit for you as as they go throughout the years. Um, you know, there's going to be some years where they have uh, you know bumper crops, and you're going to have tons of fruit, and some years where they won't put out anything. But that's uh, that's okay. At least you have something that's out there producing more, uh, more fruit for you, and it's just kind of it's it's really kind of like on autopilot. I mean, you'll be pruning back limbs and different things like that. But you know, getting them established now is a, is a is a big key. So I uh, wanted to say that another person in the comment section uh, was talking about not having pollinators and uh, where the their uh, their plants looked really great i mean they were green and everything but they just weren't being pollinated and so uh, that's something that that can happen um, that's a scary thing, right? Because we're always talking about or hearing about the bees dying and those types of things. One of the things you can do is uh, alongside your plants or, or uh, you know, in planters or whatever, even in the garden beds itself, uh, plant uh, plant other plants that will bring in uh, pollinators, right? And so they might not be vegetable plants. They might not give you. They might not give you any fruit or anything like that. But they will bring in pollinators, and that, so that's one thing that you'll want to do is uh, is to do that, and that will help uh, pollinate your plant plants. Um, I wanted to say also when it comes to books, definitely Daisy has a great list of books here, and you can always go to Amazon, of course, and get uh, you know get uh, the books that you need. But if you have a half price books around you, um, they uh, you know they are great for finding uh, books. And uh, recently on Instagram, I, I posted a video of uh, a bunch of great survival books that I found in my uh, in, in my half price books. And actually, I have I kind I'm kind of like in the middle of two of them. And so uh, sometimes I go to one, and it's funny because one will have more of of uh, one type of book than the other. Right? One might have a lot of gardening. The other one might have more survival type stuff. But uh, if you can make it, um, you'll find great stuff there, and so you can you can get stuff there. Also, going to like a, a resale shop, 
or Goodwill or whatever, you know, check their book section. Sometimes they don't have a lot, but you might be surprised. They might have some books uh, that, uh, you know, are very cheap that are into gardening. And sometimes because people donate to their local Goodwills and their local resale shops, um, there might be books that are specific to your area, which uh, would be very beneficial, right? So that's another thing. And then one last thing I want to end here. I have this idea to help with uh, with a deer thing. And so uh, up in the country, I've, I've always wanted to do this and just never, uh, just never did it. But for instance, making a raised bed out of, for instance, cinder blocks, right? And so uh, you, you make it and I guess you can put it, uh, maybe go too deep and then uh, fill it up with dirt, of course, and soil, good stuff. And then put a layer of mesh or a layer of like that chicken wire on it. And so right before you do that, of course, you're planting into it uh, some kind of clover. uh, And then you would uh, make sure that the the soil is not high enough to where the deer could, um, that they could get to the dirt, right? So basically you want that chicken wire to be above the the soil, you know, a certain amount of inches. So when the clover pops up, um, the deer can get to the actual clover, but they can't get it down. They can't, uh, you know, get all the way to the soil and uh, completely kill it off. So basically what you want is you want it to continue growing over and over again. And so, uh, you know, you, you don't want them to just uh, eat, you know, the eat it to the bare ground is what I'm trying to say. And so whatever that would take, you know, to get the chicken wire to, maybe it's it's setting another set of uh, cinder blocks all the way around. You know, if, if you did it that way with a raised bed, uh, maybe somehow uh, staking down that chicken wire um, in, in a way that the deer couldn't, you know, move it or get to it or, or you know, whatever. I don't know. And so... Uh, this is an idea that I had, and that way that clover would be coming up. The deer would go to that because they would want to eat that more than any of the other stuff that you have. And then, you know, you have that available. And then, uh, you know, there you go. Maybe you wouldn't even have to put out, uh, you know, uh, corn for uh, for a feeder or whatever if you had them uh, on a regular basis going to that little uh, buffet, kind of like what Daisy was talking about. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know if that would work. Um, maybe somebody could uh, give me, uh, you know, I don't know, their thoughts, their ideas on that. You can come over to episode 385 and leave uh, a message in the comment section and tell me what you think or, or just email me or hit me up on social media. Oh, oh okay. We, I got one more thing that I wanted to add to this one. Um, if, you know, I don't I don't write things down. I just I'm just kind of going from memory here. Um I know that I've mentioned this before, but I think it's uh, important to mention here, especially when we're talking about gardens and we're talking about needing to have that food for survival. Um, a lot of the times in preparedness, you are going to hear about having uh, heirloom seeds and heirloom seeds are very important. And I am not saying that they're not right. But uh, sometimes if you, you know, maybe you are in a situation where you know you need to have some really uh, or or your survival garden really needs to come through for you. Having a hybrid, having hybrid seeds would be beneficial. 
you know, and so you could plant those because they have been, uh, you know, they have been bred to uh, produce, you know, produce a lot of fruit or a lot of vegetables and, uh, and, and weather all the other issues that might be out there. And so if you were in a desperate situation where you're like, you know what, this season, I really need to have vegetables. I really need to have, you know, uh, you know, fruit and produce to feed my family. You might consider having some hybrid seed to, to, to put into the ground. Now, can you save hybrid seed? Yes, you can. Will it produce exactly what you got? Um, you know, the first time around, no, you might get, uh, you know, a, a different variation and you, it might be, um, you know, th- the better part of that variation. It might be the worst part of it. Uh, so you can still save that seed, but for the most part, that first time around, if you really, really needed it, you know, that that hybrid seed is going to be, uh, maybe a little bit hardier, uh, coming up and producing, uh, fruit for you or vegetables for you, right? And so uh, I just wanted to, to throw that out, especially since we're talking about um, you know this, this topic here, uh, survival gardens and, and needing it, right? And so um, do you have a plan B? You know, if, if your garden doesn't go uh, as planned, and you know, if we ever find ourselves in a survival situation, um, you know, we, we, we're not just going to sit there and eat all of our long-term food storage and then start gardening. You would need to start pl- making plans right away so you don't eat up all your long-term food storage. But that is why you have that food storage. That's why you go as, as deep as you can into your pantry. You know, you build up the, the, the canned foods. You do your DIY if you can afford it. You have other long-term food storage that, you know, in buckets that you can, uh, you know, that you can store. And, uh, you know, you, you have that available. So do you have a plan B if your plan A is to, when the poop hits the fan, to start gardening right away? And uh, you should. And maybe, you know, you want to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D, whatever, you know, whatever that might be. So, guys, that, again, that's over at theorganicprepper.com. I'm going to link to it, like always, in the show notes, as well as all the other things that I talked about here uh, this uh, in this episode. You can go ahead and click into them uh, in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 385. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.